1: today's show is incredibly important and um, you know we unless you've been under a rock for the past month you know that we are in a very uh, serious uh, explosive possibly literally time with uh, Russia's invasion into Ukraine and um, all of the posturing on either side and and um, too too many players you know there's an expression too many cooks oil, the broth. Well, there are too many players uh, in this broth, <laughs> in this kitchen, and, um, and each one has different motives, different things that they want, and it, it's just, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You, it doesn't make any sense anymore because there are too many conflicting um,
2: oh. desires.
1: So, um, so today we're going to be hearing from my guest um, who's named Rebecca Koffler, and she wrote a book that, seriously, you know, people, people say this is a must-read, blah, 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 but this is really a must-read. It's called Putin's Playbook, Rus- Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. Now, she, this book came out in 2021. It predicted what's happening in Ukraine, um, but more than that... Um, Rebecca is really the only one who is able to give, uh, which is kind of unfortunate and scary if you think about it, but the only one who is able to give, to put in context what is going on, to be able to talk about Putin, to be able to talk about Russia, because she, was, she is a Russian-born American, and um, she let me tell you some of her credentials, which, you know, speak for themselves. She's a Russian-born U.S. intelligence expert. Working with the Defense Intelligence Agency and the CIA, uh, their national clandestine service, she has led red teams during war games and briefed the Pentagon, the White House, and NATO on Russian affairs. U.S. military commanders have called her a national asset, and she received the National Intelligence Professional Award. Now an independent consultant, she lives near Washington, D.C. with her husband, the journalist Keith Koffler, and their children. Uh, I met Rebecca just recently when we were both guests on a British television show, uh, the topic of which was, is Putin mentally ill? And um, I uh, then read her book and um, had to have her on the show. I I can't really say enough, so I won't say anything more for right now, and I'll just introduce her. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Rebecca.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. Cal. It's such a delight to be here with you and your audience and part of Dr. Cal's couch. (laughs) Well, you're very, you know, as I was reading your book, um, I saw
1: more and more things as to how we are alike, even though coming from, you know, seemingly very different backgrounds. Um. I, well, one, actually, not that different because, um, as I mentioned to you, my grandmother's family on my mother's side was Russian. And I, you tell something in your book <laughs> that, that I totally, that I was told when I was a little girl, um, probably from, presumably from my grandmother's side of the family or from my grandmother about, um, let's see, um, that, that my, that, oh, if, if my grandmother there's a saying if my grandmother, if my mother uh if a woman had balls, she'd be my grandfather. Is that that was that was a Russian saying
2: that was handed down to you? <laughs> totally. Yes, absolutely, Cal. And uh my father actually gave me even a more ominous uh sounding for an American ear admonition. Um uh, Go forward always, even if you have to step on corpses, you must go forward. This just reveals, you know, how differently the Russians uh, think about things and uh, how important it is for them to uh, demonstrate strength rather than weakness Because um, and almost like fear because uh, uh, fear is, uh, equals respect in the Russian culture.
1: Yes. Uh, um, One other thing I just wanted to get to before we start getting to Putin and Russia and what's really going on, Um, you wrote that uh, 9-11, you were in America by 9-11, and 9-11, that uh, attack, is what got you to leave uh, the work that you were doing and sign up for... Um, work in intelligence, to help intelligence, because you realized that with your background from Russia that you could be of great help. And 9-11 was a turning point in my life, too, because um, I'm originally from New York, and even though I was living in California at the time of 9-11, that made me change the course of my life and work as well. It's when I decided to become the terrorist therapist and to devote my life to helping people, helping save America from terrorism. So, uh, and I've been doing that with two books on terrorism, and my podcast, the Terror Therapist Show, and a whole bunch of other things. So, we both had these um, epiphanies <laughs> on on that day that sent us uh, sent, sent us scrambling to try to save this country. So, tell us more about what you did, Ben.
2: Yes, of course. this was a pivotal event. It upset me so much, Carol, that somebody dared to attack my um adopted homeland. uh I came to America in eighty nine because uh my mother always raised me with the idea that uh, eventually I should go to America, the land of freedom and justice and opportunity. My parents didn't agree with the Soviet socialist system, and they saw, you know, going to America is the only way to, um, to lead their life. In the right way, and so I wanted to repay to uh, America, my adopted homeland, for all the, you know, sort of the, the, the great things, the opportunities that are provided to me. And so I became an intelligence officer because I suspected that even after the collapse of the Soviet Union, the majority of the Russians. Um, and the Russian leadership would never accept the loss of the Cold War. And it's just a matter of time when they would want to reconstitute their strength. And the USSR, like alliance, uh, which I knew was unacceptable to the US. And so that's why I wanted to serve. And uh, I had a wonderful career that I'm proud of. And now it's all history, sort of. But what's not history? is uh, the desire of the Russian President Vladimir Putin to reverse the outcome of the Cold War, and that's where my book comes out, Putin's Playbook. I basically describe his top-secret plan uh, on how to go about fulfilling his strategic goals.
1: Yes. Um, you know, I, yeah, I it's, it's ironic that... Well, first of all, me, this book is over 300 pages, And, um, in case my listeners think that that sounds overwhelming, (laughs) you have written it in a style that is really easy to, uh, to understand and to, and, and it's just very interesting. Um, why don't we, where is it? Um, maybe, you know, I think one of the most interesting things is, I guess we could start from this because you, it's kind of at the beginning of your book, um, the, I, you know, we're all thinking about, especially now, we're all thinking about Russian nuclear weapons and so on. But what you bring out um, from the beginning is that Russia's um, playbook includes, which they have been already uh, instituting, um, is, is not just about nuclear weapons and military strength. It's about destroying America from the inside. And, and, and people don't realize how much of this has
2: already been happening. So let's start with that. Tell us about that. Of course. So uh, non-kinetic means that are intended to destabilize our country is the hallmark of food and strategy because the battlefield has really changed, right? The battlefield is no longer on the ground, air, and uh, sea, but it's really in the information domain. Uh, Putin's intention is not only to attack and defeat our communications network, it is to um, influence, it's to attack our mindset. And the Soviet's Started it way back in 1930s. Uh, a Soviet defector named Yuri um, Vizmianuk warned the Central Intelligence Agency, with which I worked, to bring a former DIA officer. Um, he wonders that the Soviets had a four phase program, which um, envisioned the transformation of America from a capitalist free society into a socialist society, more like the Soviet Union, right? And so an example of those kinds of uh, destabilization activities we saw back in 2016 when the Russians intervened in U.S. presidential elections. But not for the purpose of helping elect Trump, but rather in order to foment disorder, discord, possibly social unrest, and really plunge Washington into uh, political dysfunction, which they more or less achieved. Unfortunately, we had our own uh, spy agency head the uh, in the corrupt uh, upper echelon who issued a fraudulent election, um, intelligence community assessment that told Americans, which was a lie, that the Russians wanted to elect Trump. And from there, all of that disruption, you know, that we still feel today uh, flowed. So it's a very complex thing. Some of the elements in, uh, in America are uh, using Putin's playbook against our own citizens.
1: Yes, um, that America took up this whole, you know, uh, hoax basically this whole phony idea and um, used it um, for the people who wanted, who were against Trump, used it for their own or tried to use it for, to their own advantage. And you also talk about how there are continuing to it wasn't just twenty sixteen, but twenty eighteen and twenty twenty. Um, you know, that is such an interesting concept and an interesting I mean since since then um it's been happening more and more now are you saying that uh that in addition to the elections that they are that there are actually people um infiltrated in BLM for example so that, there are right now, people, I... that there are Russian people infiltrated into uh, people who are purposely trying to um uh, to continue with this putting, pitting, uh, e- pitting Americans against each other?
2: Right. So I don't have specific evidence to quote to you that the Russians uh, actually infiltrated the BLM, the Black Lives Matter movement. But we know for sure that back during the Cold War, the Russians did infiltrate the um, the black uh, movement in the uh, AFL-CIO ranks. They recruited um, basically spies um, in the United States. Also, when Putin came to power, he authorized the deployment of sleeper agents into the United States who worked here for 10 years until President Obama ex. Fell them out of the United States. They were posing as Americans or Canadians, and in reality they weren't necessarily stealing secrets, which is the hallmark of U.S. intelligence tradecraft. They were trying to run influence operations, and they were trying to learn about how America works and the internal dynamics of our society so that they could uh, help the operations targeting uh, our country for division, for fomenting social unrest, and this sort of thing. And then they implemented that kind of knowledge that these operatives learned in 2016, 2018, 2020, like you said, and, you know, in the future as well, because that's a standard uh, Russian intelligence tradecraft craft. So uh, with regard to BLM, yes, if you look at their message, right, It's of the BLM, it's very consistent with what the Russians uh, would want us to think. It's class warfare. They're trying to present as though America is just basically, you know, the land of contrast, and the the land of 1% oppressing the 99%, but that is just simply not true. So BLM is a Marxist-inspired organization. It's all about class warfare. It's not, uh, if you read their writings, and I actually have someone uh, that you should interview, uh, Carol, Charles Glove, who wrote a book about BLM. It's actually a racist organization, believe it or not. And, uh, yes, yeah. these were planted by the Russians. Uh, whether they are actively right now in that organization, I cannot say, but, it, but I also didn't look for that. I bet you have to, like, to, uh, to conclude, to make an assessment, you actually have to look for something like that, and I personally haven't. I haven't had the bandwidth mm-hmm. to do so. <laughs> and no, I think what you've covered in the 300
1: plus pages <laughs> took up quite enough time. I mean, this is, this is like, uh, this is an opus. Um, well, maybe why don't we look at, um, the idea, uh, you know, when, when it's, I've been talking about, as you know, how, uh, Putin is, par- I mean, I've diagnosed him as being, having a paranoid personality disorder and many other things. Plus, you know, it's so frustrating, and I, I, I'm sure it's uh, is that way to you too, or I would think it would be, um, that there are people coming out here and there. You, have you read, in the last week or so, um, people are, like, throwing out these things, roid rage or schizoaffective schizophrenia, or, you know, they're throwing out these, like, diagnoses of Putin which are first of all wrong and second of all it's like um, three blind men looking at an elephant and depending upon which part of the elephant you're touching you know you have a different impression of him um, it's a, he's a very complicated man as I'm sure you'll you agree um, and you have to look at all kinds of things so one of the things is about his paranoia in regard to Ukraine the idea that Ukraine was going to invade Russia and that well, and that America, I mean, really, it's bigger than that, though. Um, uh-huh. The idea that America is uh, bent on destroying Russia, that Russia has to do these things because otherwise um, America will will become aggressive towards Russia. Um, when we come back, <laughs> tell us about how, why it is, you know, that how much is paranoia and how much um, do you think there's a reality to Putin thinking that America is planning to invade or destroy Russia? I mean, quite frankly, just as sort of an average American, um, I never was under the impression that America was going to be doing anything aggressively towards Russia, you know, was going to be the aggressor. But we can talk about that when we come back. Um, my guest is Rebecca Koffler. Her book is called Putin's Playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be right back.
0: Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com.
1: follow the Voice America Variety channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety.
0: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brains firing really fast. All the time. The number
1: one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
0: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
1: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today with my guest, Rebecca Koffler, the author of this amazing, amazing book called Putin's Playbook. Russia's secret plan to defeat America. This did not just start, folks, with um, Ukraine. This has been afoot for a long time. We have just been uh, complacent, Amer- by we, I mean Americans, have just been complacent and are not looking any further than the rim of their latte. Um, I w- Before the break, I was starting to ask Rebecca about Putin's paranoia. Um, You know, there's a saying among psychiatrists that even paranoid people have enemies. So, Putin does indeed think that America is his enemy and that we, um, if he doesn't do something first, that we have always been planning and are still planning to attack Russia. So, what do you have to say about that?
2: Okay, so yes, there is such a thing as uh, Russian paranoia, and it's rooted in Russian history, really, because um, the Russian history is just simply full of wars. But what has uh, made an incredible imprint on both Putin and the Russian people um, is the collapse of the Soviet Union back in 1991. Right? The Americans view that as a good thing. Uh, Americans view democracy as a great thing. Uh, but the Russians, with the collapse of the Soviet Union, experienced such a chaos and such devastation, just like they experienced devastation with uh, the Second World War that they uh, call Great Patriotic War. So any kind of instability is a threat to them. And um, all wars, with the exception of the Mongol Tatar invasion and the subsequent 100-year yoke uh, back in 1238, came from the West, right? And so uh, the Russians believe, and more importantly, the Russian government, by making threat assessments 50 years out, That U.S.-NATO is a threat because they have watched what uh, U.S. military has been doing for the past 20 years, you know, with the military operations in Iraq, Afghanistan, Kosovo, and uh, they are watching how Western leadership completely despises Putin because he's an authoritarian And Putin believes that regime change is uh, next, you know, that the West wants to remove Putin from power. In reality, Uh there is such a thing, there is such a thing, Carol, as a long-term bipartisan U.S. policy that used to be highly classified and now it's out in the open, that the United States will do everything in its power to prevent Russia from emerging as a dominant power in Eurasia. So this is why Putin has witnessed the expansion of NATO uh, close to Russia's borders with the distance between NATO forces and the second largest city in Russia, St. Petersburg, having reduced from 1,000 miles during the Cold War to 100 miles, which is less than between Washington and New York, and so he believes that it's just a matter of time before Ukraine becomes a NATO member, and then it will present a threat. So, not that Russia um, is fears that US will invade Russia. That is not the concern. The concern is that um, the offensive weapon system stations potentially in Ukraine will change the, what the Russians call strategic stability calculus because the flight time of ICBMs will be reduced to the um, the time that they won't be able to respond. Because remember, the nuclear weapons are still pointing at each other, Russian and uh, U.S. So that's where the Uh paranoia comes from. It's from the security threat and from the history. And it's very difficult to change that paranoia because it's almost like in the Russian national psyche. Mm
1: -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at this at a different level, it's almost like um, what happens on the playground, of, like, middle schools, you know, where, um, with bullies. Um, I mean, I've been talking about, uh, you know, doing interviews about how to talk to your kids about the war and so on, and I so I talk about how Putin, you could describe him as, like, a bully on a playground. But, you know, I mean, not to say that America um, is innocent either, but uh, it's kind of like, you know, when bullies on a playground or gangs in the streets, you know they gather each other and and they they drive up the paranoia about each other um, and it there really doesn't have to be anything there but um it kind of just gets driven up one one feels more does more to gets more weapons or whatever, and then the other gets more i mean it's just this thing has been building and building what um so are you currently being uh, consulting to people about about? I hope so. Are you currently consulting to people about the situation in Ukraine, like people yes, in government, you. I That's, mean,
2: uh, I am consulting. I cannot tell you whom I'm consulting. But I can tell you I'm not consulting the Russians, I'll tell you that, um, <laughs> well, or, you know, or the Ukrainians. My, uh, my <laughs> homeland is the United States of America, and uh, that's at a high level who I am serving as a consultant to. But um, unfortunately, it's very, very difficult to break the mental model that exists right now in Washington national security apparatus. And that is um, that everybody thinks the same, that everyone acts the same, that we all want the same thing. And that is just not true. The Russians don't think like Americans. Putin does not think like a diplomat uh, or a nice and polite person. Um, He will do Things that uh, Americans and Europeans will perceive as crazy he has done number four, and that is why Carol, we are now prepared right because Putin never made it a secret what he was planning to do, we know what he, mm-hmm. uh, his playbook is. I described it at the unclassified level in my blog. We know what his nuclear doctrine is, and yet We never bothered to actually uh, pay attention and develop a counter strategy. And even today, Carol, now that the threat of nuclear uh, warfare is looming very large with Putin having very high tolerance for that and getting ready to cross that threshold, we don't have a plan because we simply have this impression that, oh, this sounds way too crazy, and and therefore... It will not happen. I just heard recently the um, commentary of Colonel Oliver North, whom I respect, but he said, no, he's not going to do that because it's just not, you know, that would completely be irrational. And that type of thinking permeates the Pentagon and our security apparatus, and and therefore we just don't get prepared. But imagine if that happens, because Putin already did a bunch of crazy things, you know. He uh, authorized the multiple poisonings, assassinations, he invaded Georgia, Crimea, destabilized Moldova. Um, You know, he just, for goodness sake, uh, the Russian forces trucked a chemical plant, right? He's unleashing it in Ukraine. He's unleashing chemical warfare in Ukraine. That is clear escalation. And uh, not paying attention to that is is just very, very dangerous. So all of my consulting, I'm trying to basically explain to people that you've got to think how the adversary, that's what Sun Tzu, the ancient Chinese general. Taught us, in order to win wars, you gotta understand yourself, and you gotta understand your adversary. Regretfully, today the Washington establishment security apparatus does not understand our adversaries. Not just Putin, but really none of them. The fact that we are reaching out to Xi Jinping for for help with Russia indicates to me we have no clue what we're doing, and um, mm-hmm. that's a concern. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, Yes, it's almost
1: like, um, I mean, maybe it's really uh, not, is Putin mentally ill, but it's, uh, you know, the people at at the top in America mentally ill. I mean, you know, sort of blinded by um, thinking that no one would dare to do uh, anything like that to America, you know, a kind of complacency, as I was saying. Um, But, you know, there um, there is no way, and you, you know, We've talked about this on on the uh, British show to some degree. Um, there is no way, in my opinion, and of course I want to hear yours, that, um, that Putin is going to turn around with his tail between his legs and say to Ukraine, okay, only kidding, we'll go home. You know, he is at 69 years old, um, facing his mortality, 70 being an anniversary, a milestone birthday, six, um, t- two years shy of the average age of a Russian male, um, COVID, we all confronted our mortality with COVID, the pandemic. Um, there are these, these, um, these rumors. I didn't see this in your book. They've, I don't know if I missed it, but um, do you, what do you think about the rumors of cancer, and Parkinson's, and do you think any of that, and COVID, do you think any of
2: that is, is true that he had any of those things? So what I agree with you, uh, Carol, 100% is that on your first analytic line, and that is that Putin is simply, given his personality profile, but also given his uh, uh, former KGB type, Uh, personality and the typical Russian dictator, you know, coming from the same culture that produced Ivan the Terrible and Joseph Stalin, he's not simply going to uh, run away with his tail between his legs. So, he is going to continue escalating, right? Um, And that's what he has been doing. So, again, there's a disconnect, a logical disconnect between what The uh, Western mindset dictates, and that is, if you corner a rat and uh, you make him lose, that the rat will give up. Well, that's not how the Russian-Soviet rat behaves. That is Vladimir Putin. When cornered, he is absolutely going to counterattack and unleash, you know, things such as nuclear weapons, because, like you said, he is nearing his, you know, uh, demise, if you will, whether from COVID, whether uh, because he has already outlived uh, himself because the Russian male's uh, lifespan is a lot uh, lower than that of an American male. Um, so, yes, all of that is true, and that is simply points to the likelihood that he will rather drag the entire world into World War III than give up what he views as his top prize, Ukraine, without which the uh, whole plan of reconstituting your is not possible. Now, regarding the second question, whether he has cancer or any of those other thing, I have no evidence to point to um, for that. We just saw him. Uh, yes, there were um, analytic uh, assessments that Putin was uh, isolated because of COVID and he had those long tables um, uh, that he was sitting across uh, Western leaders. Right. Um, And uh, all of those things, and that's what made him crazy. Uh, He just had a massive rally in Moscow where he called out, you know, um, Ukraine and all this. You know, uh, it was a pro-war rally. And he also had another speech where he threatened every Russian person with consequences if they don't report the so-called traitors they've called effectively calling for the stalinization of their russian consciousness so uh the guy seems to be uh relatively healthy, at least as far at least within the Russian baseline, right? Remember um mm-hmm. Khrushchev, who was pounding with his shoe and Nader and uh characters like Zuganov and Judanovsky. You think Putin is crazy. The uh every single time Putin was elected, you know, four times the runner up would have been even more crazy than Putin because it was every single time I was a communist, so um, that is all to say I have no evidence of his illness, maybe someone else does, but uh my intelligence uh record here points to uh the assessment that he is so far healthy in the russian uh <laughs> within the Russian baseline norms of behavior I would say. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't wish him uh illness. <laughs> Just trying to know whether that adds to it. Well, we need to take another break. Um, when we come back, I want to ask you about a few things. Um, one, uh, what it was like for you in terms of whether you were uh, ever questioned as possibly being a spy while you were trying to do your work to help The intelligence community in Washington, Um, and also um, your your thoughts on what the U.S. should do. How can we, you know, we both agree that he doesn't that he's a rat, or that he had that his experience with rats he identifies with the rat that he had the experience with as a child, and um, so he could do something, you know, pull something just like the rat rat jumped on him or tried to. He could try jumping on us, on the U.S. Um, With a nuclear weapon, for example. So I want to know. I'm going to ask you what um, you think we should do, what the U.S. should do at this particular time. So stay tuned. My guest is Rebecca Koffler. Her, Her book is called Putin's Playbook: Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America.
0: Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
1: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I want to get back quickly to my guest, Rebecca Koppler. Her book, Putin's Playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. And I suggest that you um, order this as soon as you finish listening to this show, because um, time is ticking. You know if you know what I mean uh, on the on the nuclear clock. You know, just one quick thing. You know, comparing Putin's intelligence and his savvy um, to Biden. I mean, <laughs> it, it's Biden. There's no there's no contest. I mean, Biden is so out. Uh, shown outwitted, literally outwitted by Putin. It's a very scary prospect. Um, I want to, to ask you, before we get into what you think about what is going to happen and should happen, um, what was it like, I, I read about how you volunteered your your assistance, you know, to the intelligence community and so on, but what did you have to go through in order to prove
2: that you weren't a Russian spy? Right. Uh, so, Carol, that's an excellent question. Uh, it took me seven years to actually walk through the door in the intelligence community, specifically in the Defense Intelligence Agency. Um, I received, after September 11th, five offers from, you know, five major intelligence agencies, right? And then uh, the security clearance process would start, and it would go on and on forever, because obviously the major concern for anyone, not just me, but anyone who has the expertise in the target, whether it's Russia, China, Iran, who speaks the language, who lived there, um, There's a concern, and so our security services, instead of doing their job, they just prefer to get someone who is um, through the system who's never been to another country, who doesn't speak the language, and that is why we have people in the community who have no clue how the adversary thinks. And yes, mm. I was when I was uh polygraphed specifically by the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, they were really either convinced that I was a, a Russian spy or they wanted me to believe that I was um that they thought that. Because uh uh-huh. one of the things that these polygraphs do is they hit on your hot buttons, right? And so the assumption is that if you are reacting to something like a spy, like um, that you do espionage, then uh, then you must be one, right? But uh, for me, it was such a... um, an insult, because I consider myself a patriotic American, and many of my American-born friends would tell me that I was even more of an American patriot than some of them were, Uh right? Because Uh I'm American by choice. I'm Russian by birth, American by choice. I appreciate what this country has to offer, because I have lived through tyranny. And so, but there's this huge misunderstanding, and that is why, yes, so that's why we are in this situation with our national security apparatus, Uh having very limited expertise on foreign threats and how our adversaries think.
1: Interesting. Very interesting.
2: All right. Um,
1: So, now, what do you think... (laughs) is going to happen in with Russia and Ukraine. What do you think the U S if you were, uh, whispering in Biden's ear, um, in between his, uh, ice cream cone, <laughs> <laughs> if he took, if he took a minute to actually listen, what would you tell him?
2: You know, Cal, I wouldn't, at this point, I wouldn't even dare to uh whisper in Biden's ear because, uh, he is just, uh, he has done every possible thing to undermine our own strength, right? To undermine our energy independence, which is actually the key to countering Russia's aggression, because... Um, Lack of independence and um, our and the European addiction to Russian energy actually feeds uh, Putin's war machine. And so, but I don't think Biden understands it. I think he's all about the green energy and all of that nonsense. And uh, somehow he thought that sanctions are going to do it. But unfortunately, at this hour, it's very late in the game. So what I would advise is for the American people to actually choose a strong leader, uh, somebody who does understand real politics and not just uh, is pushing the democracy mantra on, you know, the Russian, the Chinese, and all these people, uh, but uh, views the adversaries as they are, not as we want them to be, and views the populations of these countries also um, in realistic terms. So, um, and and here's uh, what's important. Not everybody thinks the same way we do, and as soon as we recognize it, then we're going to be able to understand how they view us. Uh, I advise our leadership to make sure we secure our communications networks from Russian and any other cyber attacks. We secure our satellite networks immediately because every aspect of our of our warfighting capability is highly reliant on satellites, mm. missile warning, mm. intelligence, reconnaissance, targeting. So we must do all of these things and we must, again, be energy independent. We must absolutely compel each NATO member to contribute at minimum 2% towards the collective security uh, kitty. And uh, at this point, uh, the best way is to deal with the Ukraine-Russia conflict is to go through back channels simply because Biden has zero leverage zero leverage uh, with the Russians. They have assumed that he is cognitively compromised and um, he, he's just easily manipulated. Because remember how this whole thing uh, occurred? Under Biden's nose, while engaging him in negotiations, Putin assembled 190,000 um, troops It didn't just happen overnight, right? Biden somehow believed that diplomacy was still a way to resolve the issue, and that's what Putin counts on. He is a master manipulator, and we need someone who cannot be manipulated.
1: Yes. And, you know, just as an example of what you were saying, um, Biden said the other day he called Putin a war criminal. You know, it's like little kids on a playground, like what I was saying before, you know, saying, calling up the other kids, their enemies, bad names. Like, that's going to save America, right? Calling Putin a war criminal.
2: Um, I know. I'm saying it again and again, Carol. He calls him a killer. He calls him a war criminal. But Putin is not afraid of words. He's a, he is afraid of action. And this is what former right. President Trump did, whether you like or hate Trump. Here are the three things that Trump did while he never insulted Putin, he actually took action. He authorized offensive cyber operations against foreign adversaries such as Russia. He stood up the Space Force that exactly is aimed at countering Russian space warfare, right? The Russians stood up their Space Force in 2001. It took us... 18 year or 17 years right before Trump came to do that and Trump also authorized the development of a low yield nuclear warhead by our forces that if not neutralizes, at least mitigates Russia's nuclear escalate to de-escalate strategy. So we need someone like that who's realistic, not emotional, not metaphorical about all these killers, war criminals, whatever, right? You need to act. You need to be competent in real politics. You need to be competent in strategy and uh, act, not just you know, vibrate the air as as, uh, the Russian saying goes. I don't know if it translates well, but it basically means that you just, uh, you keep talking and talking and doesn't do anything. Uh
1: Uh Uh-huh. 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 Yes. Well, I agree. If Trump were president now, we would not be in this mess. Um, I mean, I, I guess what you're saying and what I think is that we need to find a way and, we need somebody to be acting for America rather than Biden. I mean, yes, it is amazing how they re- all the leaders realize that um, Biden is cognitively impaired. But we need somehow to work this out so that Putin can save face and not be pushed into a corner. Well, I would like very much to uh, thank you, Rebecca. You're, like, amazing. This book is amazing. Again, I suggest that people get it before, <laughs> because we don't know how, many, how much time we have before... Uh, uh, before we hear missiles over our head. Um, and that may sound dramatic and certainly I hope that that doesn't happen, but, um, but yes, it's hard to have faith, um, when, when our country is led by Biden, you know, one, one just quick thing. Um, I am hopeful that maybe the prime minister of Israel is going to be able to be a good mediator between Biden and Putin or between America and Russia.
2: There you go. That's an excellent point, Carol. I, I didn't even think of that, but now that you bring it up, that's high respect that Putin has um, and uh, for the Israeli prime minister. And also, Putin is kind of partial towards uh, the Jewish people because of his childhood. I'm sure you know that... Um, There was this Jewish couple that uh, lived in the communal apartments that Putin's family shared with, and uh, they were very nice to him. And so I think we need, um, yes, that is an excellent point. What a great idea, Carol.
1: We need to go to Israel and (laughs) make it happen. (laughs) All right. Well, again, thank you so much, Rebecca Koffler. Again, the book is called Putin's Playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
0: Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.